This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. Let's go to the bullpen with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network. We're talking with the great Terry Francona. I know everybody poo-poos baseball fights. They're like, hey, you go out there and everybody's just talking yeah. and shoving. But when you get out there, man, those guys are big. They they get after yeah. it. And when they get after it, man, look out. It makes you a little nervous. Robin Ventura still won't talk about Nolan Ryan to, to this day. He, he wants <laughs> nothing with that conversation. Listen to the bullpen with Adam the Bull on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, this is Betting Weekly Extra Time Champions League edition, an autumn campaign in Europe's premier club competition, almost tangible for those teams involved in the playoffs, the final round of qualifiers before we know which clubs will go into the draw on the 31st of August for the group stages takes place over the next couple of evenings, Tuesday and Wednesday. You're with Dan Roebuck alongside me, two of the very best around to talk you through the midweek card uh, across Europe. Steve Wiss and uh, RJ are back, I would say by popular demand. But uh, 0-6 uh, last week, chaps. We've got a little bit of stick on social media. Uh, you're lucky that you're not the challengers on the European show. Of course, Steve's our senior handicapper. But RJ, you're next in the firing line or shortly when yep. it comes to the European show. But in fairness, you have been very good over the last 18 months or so. So we'll, we'll, we'll let you off. Form is temporary. Class is permanent, as they say. But, Steve, it just goes to highlight, and we talked about it last week. We're not making excuses. These early rounds of Champions League qualifiers with teams with little form and little European form, it is difficult. It certainly is, Dan. Uh, hello, hope you're doing well. RJ, good to see you. Um, last week, I've got to be honest, it was, was the poorest, um, one of the poorest Bet Rivers shows I've been involved in in terms of results. Um, you know, I was racking my brains. I think I did 38 rounds in the league I show last year and not once did I go 0-3. So it was a horrible feeling. Um, I thought we were really unlucky in the Rangers game not to get another goal in that second half. But to be honest, I, I read the, the, the Mulder-KI match completely wrong. And also, I will hold my hands up a little bit, I underestimated AEK Athens. So it can happen, though. I, I really do think that... Um, it's the hardest competition to, to actually get overall profit in over the season, mm. the way for Champions League, um, especially when you've got... Often the matchups is quite close with teams, apart from sometimes in the group stages, you get some serious mismatches. But I, I was gutted, you know, obviously disappointing for the viewers, the, the listeners. And yeah, I can only apologise, really. It's not what we want. It wasn't good enough, but we can... You're only as good as your last bet, and you're also only as good as your next bet. So we kick on forwards... And hopefully we get to try and right the wrongs of last week on this show. Look, uh, RJ, everyone's got to be uh, judged on a significant period of time. Small sample sizes for betters are the worst thing. doesn't matter what you sport, what you gamble on, what you invest in. Knee-jerk reactions are never good one way or the other. I thought you were unlucky with your Copenhagen play because your reasoning was right. All the goals did come when teams needed them, but unfortunately it was extra time rather than and the 90. But it, but it is difficult, isn't it, RJ? There's no doubt about that. Yeah, it's a challenge. I mean, it's as, as you stated, this is one of the more difficult competitions to, to handicap. Um, it's typically why it's something I, I strive myself in using data 
to leverage my selections versus my gut or my 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 sense. I know others have different different approaches, and that's totally fine. Uh, but nonetheless, um, it it happens. It's a reason why when you wager, you want to have consistent staking plans so you can you can control these ebbs and flows that you get as a better. Um, and you know, hey, you know, we could sit here and 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 explain or, or try to uh, look at the matches and see why things didn't work our way. But that's just sometimes the way the cookie crumbles and. Uh, we're going to look forward at this this week and hopefully get on track and, and, and win some bets here for you guys. Yeah, I'm sure we will. Just one of the thoughts you both, RJ, first. I mean, mm. if we had a lot more data when it comes to Champions League qualifiers, look, we, we've got three rounds and then the playoff, and then we don't look at these things again for another year. If they continue to play teams of of similar ability in qualifiers for a whole season, we'd have a, a, a much better idea about about how we can approach these games. This is the problem, isn't it? Sometimes, you know, I, I reference in this show a little later, so, well, certain teams haven't won a qualifier away from home in 10 years. And you think, well, well, what is that form worth? Should we look to more domestic form? We're sort of five matches into to the Polish league at, at the moment. It, it's difficult, isn't it, sometimes, because we just haven't got the wealth of numbers that we usually have when it comes to just a regular league season. Yeah, I look. I look at the domestic numbers, Dan. Typically, I know there's UEFA coefficients you can look at, so it ranks league quality versus other European leagues. So you can kind of use that as a as a gauge. But at this point in the stage, right, a lot of a lot of teams are either, you know, a third to a halfway through their domestic season. Some teams in this stage are just starting up their domestic season. So you got a slew of different variations in terms of form, in terms of, you know, where teams are, in terms of like looking at transfers teams have changed quite a bit since their last season as well. So there's that to consider, but you really just have to look at, in my opinion, you have to target the teams that are, that show up consistently, right? Especially when you're looking at goals. Uh, I don't typically look at unders. And I, I, after last week, I was like, should I start looking at unders? And I was like, well, you can, but as Steve knows, knows well, right? we talked about this a couple of shows ago, sometimes the matches that look like they'll be just snooze fest end up throwing out two, three, four goals. Uh, and, and you wonder why it leaves you scratching your head. But at this competition, you have to sort of stick with the teams that have been here consistently and that produce when they're at this stage. Uh, and just one more on strategy, Steve, to you, really. I mean, look, this is the first leg of two. And RJ is saying, look, maybe we look at unders. Um, <laughs> will teams be more cautious in those first legs? Or is the fact that the group stages are, are, are almost tangible. You can almost touch out and feel it. Then teams might go for it a little bit more. And no away goals these days, obviously. That's trying to, to you know, the design of which to, to make teams play with a bit of freedom. I'm not quite sure that's happened or not. I think you've got to be a bit adaptable in, in this stage of, of the Champions League qualifying. It, it's, it is difficult, like I said. You know, for, there'll be a lot of people watching who will be saying, well, just don't bet on it then. And, and I'd agree with that to some extent. She's probably going to get more winners from like the Norwegian second division or something. But why are we doing these shows? Because they are incredibly popular to, for people to bet on. You get a lot of liquidity in these markets. So it, mm -hmm. absolutely anyone watching can bet on these games, whether you're a big, big roller or, you know, you just put in a few pence on. It's it's as simple as that. They're really popular, but we just got to be adaptable as bettors um, analyzing it. You know, we go uh, in depth, looking at different angles and things like that. And you know, I'm confident we can we can rebound. You know, last week's show was 
was 0-6. And, you know, I actually thought about it, Dan. At one point, it felt like a, a an evening match in, say, you know, League One in in England, where uh, the away team are, are going somewhere like Plymouth and get beat six or seven nil, and occasionally the clubs actually refund the ticket holders <laughs> or even the travel money. Hey, wait, I thought about say, I thought about saying, you know, wire me over your losing uh, tickets, and then I thought it's going to cost me. Too <laughs> hang on, much. hang on, yeah, it's no. going to cost me too much. But you know what I mean. But we, I'm absolutely over the court you've got to be long term over the whole season as well mm. and we will be oh yeah we absolutely look if, if if people are asking for 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 losing tickets to be paid then you know you guys want some percentage of winners because there's been plenty of them over the last right. 18 months or so right let's let's get some selections good strategy chat um five games to look at uh, here we've got five selections, three from Steve, two from RJ. Going to kick off with an interesting one um, on Tuesday. It's Rangers PSV. They're all 3 p.m. Eastern times, incidentally, Tuesday and Wednesday. They've standardised the playoffs for us. Uh, Rangers plus 160. Uh, PSV plus 150. Slight favourites, the Edda Divisi side, who started the season really well. They played each other last year, Steve. So there's, there is some head-to-head form and some significant head-to-head form because it's exactly the same stage of the season. But you look at the PSV side, and the Rangers side to a lesser extent, and, and, and PSV certainly are, are, are a different team in terms of, of personnel. What's your take on this one? Well, I think the one, uh, certainly I felt I was very unlucky with the Servette Rangers bet last week. Um, one all after 53 minutes, and it somehow, somehow ended that way. I think it was the right read that I had on the game over 2.75 goals. So I'm going to stick with the same bet again, um, over 2.75 and minus 114. Uh, you know, all the Rangers matches in Europe so far have been pretty open this season. And PSV games have been wild, both domestically and in Europe. But you'd expect that from a Dutch team. Um, that Eredivisie, in my opinion, no one defends in it at all. And uh, it is really, you know, it promotes good attacking football. Peter Bosch is in charge now of PSV. I think Will White mentioned this on the first preview show we did. And I've seen plenty of Peter Bosch in France and and, and Netherlands down the years, and his teams play wide open football. He uh, he goes for it, and at times he's found tactically wanting, to be honest. But um, from a betting perspective, we don't mind that because it's going to lead to plenty of chances and I think plenty of goals. We know what Ibrox is like on a you know European night. The atmosphere is going to be quite raucous, isn't it? And um, they'll really get behind their team. The fixture last season ended two all. And I wouldn't be surprised if it ended something similar again. I think Rangers are going to be more attack-minded at home than if this was if the first leg was in, in at PSV. I think they would be more inclined to sit back, and it might be a more tighter game potentially. Um, but at home, I think they they'll feel like they perhaps need to take a, an advantage back with them, or you know, it's the it's the first leg they can swing at, and no away goals helps them. Um, with a bit more of a safety net in that respect as well. You know, there's plenty of decent players um, on both sides. Luke de Jong keeps racking up with the goals, doesn't he, for PSV? A real older statesman. He must be knocking on the door of about 40 now, but um, I don't actually know how old he is. But, he's, you know, that sort of experience is really important at this stage of the, the tournament. I, I certainly think both teams score. But you're not going to get rich back in uh, that bet. I think it was like minus 150 or something or even uh, shorter. Mm-hmm. So I, I certainly like over 2.75 goals. I actually thought this goal line would be three and it may well be by kickoff. So yeah, yeah minus 167 is both teams to score. So I'm not interested in that. Um, so just a straightforward over 2.75 goals again, Dan, at minus 
114. I think it'll cash this week. Yeah, it looks good. Um, Eredivisie, uh, so far this season, only a couple of games in. He's averaging 3.77 goals per game. Averaged over three last season. This is standard for Dutch football. Uh, Cyril Dessers has got um, three in his last two against PSV, former final striker. Scored a lot of goals in uh, finals run to the Conference League final the other season. Now plays at Rangers, of course. Let's move on to the other game on Tuesday that we're going to feature. Uh, RJ's got a selection for us in this one. This is uh, Rakov, the uh, Polish uh, champions, Copenhagen. Uh, the Danish title holders who have started the season, RJ, really well. Has been a little bit of market movement as well. I've, I've scribbled on Rakoff plus 132, Copenhagen plus 195, but Copenhagen are shorter now. And again, um, we could be seeing goals in this one, RJ. Yeah, that's the that's the hope here, Dan. Uh, looking at Rakow versus FC Copenhagen, it's Tuesday at 3 p.m. Uh, Rakow have been in tremendous form, only losing once uh, at home in their last 25 matches. Hard to believe, and, and that uh, that loss came on May 20, uh, May 14th. Sorry, they are the strongest side at home in Poland at the moment. They've scored 41 goals at home uh, since last season domestically in 17 matches. Rakow have taken down Flora of Estonia. They've taken down Karabag of Azerbaijan and Aris of Cyprus uh, so far to get to this point. Uh, they scored at least two goals in their last five home matches. And even if they were to come up short here against Copenhagen, they've already secured the spot in, in the Europa League if, if they were to fail here, which I think you could probably say they they may. Um, but nonetheless, uh, Rakow have yet to lose uh, a home game in European football. Seven wins two draws over the weekend. They played domestically. It didn't start Fabian Piasecki, uh, one of their you know, top strikers uh, over this past weekend. He was on the bench. Obviously their, their sights are ahead at this match, which, which is good to see when you're, when you're targeting a team uh, with goals, they're resting their talent. They're focused on this match. Um, you know, somebody who scored twice in, in the last few rounds, Copenhagen, you know, we know what we're going to get out of them. They're a very strong side. They've been here the past few years. I'm not going to dive into them too much here, uh, other than they have gone on the score sheet. And they've scored two-plus goals in their last seven road matches, and they've only kept a clean sheet in just three out of those seven road matches. So, again, not overthinking things, looking at the at the stats, looking at what you know one would expect here. And I think both teams to score at minus 122 is a pretty generous number. Uh, I think it's fair. And uh, I think Rakow, I don't really have too many doubts of them getting on the board. It's, it, it, you know, it, it's it's how they perform against Copenhagen. What kind of match will this turn out to be? Could it be, you know, like a Slavia uh, Prague round where Copenhagen, they had a nil-nil draw. They had the chances, but I expect Rakow, I, I expect both sides to get on the board here at minus 122. Minus 122 is a selection. Both teams to score. Yeah, certainly the, the Polish side, I, I bet a lot, in the Polish top division last season, and there were, it was a difficult league for me. I lost money on it overall. Yeah. There was there was one side that matched their XG. Most of them didn't, and the one side uh, was uh, Rakov, who won the title. Who we're talking about here, and and they Can were fairly add, consistent. I just add, Dan. I I believe I was surprised to see the price on FC Copenhagen here, um, plus one ninety five. Well, yeah, they've come in a little bit. I think they're plus one eighty now. Because I've watched a bit of Rakoff. I've got to be honest with you. I don't actually rate them that much. I'd mm. be surprised if I'd be surprised if if FC Copenhagen were at home in the first leg this week. I would have been all over them like German measles. Mm. But because they're on the road, it's a little bit more difficult. Um, and I think I agree with 
RJ's angle of both teams scoring. Yes, Rakoff, really their big strength is offensive. So, um, but I'm I'm surprised that they're actually the favourite for the first leg. I don't Just think they're that plus good a one, team. Plus one fifty five, Rakoff uh, and Copenhagen plus one eighty. I put the yeah. running odds together the last night. So, mm. and it's the it's the only money line that's moved of of the six matches. Or certainly the five that we're talking about. I've not really looked at Antwerp, um, AK Athens, but it's the only money line that's moved, and it's it's moved against Rakov in in Copenhagen's favour. So that is surprising. It, um, it's Rakov. I, I said Rakov. Sorry, well, about that. I missed you know. the. Uh, I, I I must we have think, stepped I think away when you mentioned that. Know, it is it is Rakov. Rakov Chestakova. There you go. Put yeah. that one down. And then to to that point, not to slow this down, but to that point, right? It, it we're at the mercy of the the bookmakers here. They're in the same. I mean, the odds makers, they're in the same sort of predicament we are where you're you're, you're throwing out odds and and they have a lot more advanced and sophisticated systems than than most of us. But uh, there's there's some value to be had if, if you look closely, as, as Steve mentioned here. Absolutely. There's no doubt about that. We talked about it on one of our previous shows. It's 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 difficult for us. It's difficult for them. Uh, let's move on to Wednesday games. We've got three matches on Wednesday to look at um, Sporting, uh, Sporting Braga. Uh, against uh, Panathinaikos, we're going to look at first and foremost here. Um, Sporting Braga in minus 141. I know we generally don't sort of dip to the minus 140s, but I, I think there's worse bets to have if, if you're a favourite backer. Um, Panathinaikos plus 410, draw plus 245. Um, Braga a little bit under the radar. Draw's, draw's been kind to them, I guess, Steve, with our, with our Serbian pals in the previous round that they brushed aside, but they brushed aside them very easily, didn't they? Yes, um, my pick for this game is going to be Braga minus 0.75 on the Asian handicap at minus 104, which basically means as long as they win the game, um, we will get some sort of profit. If it's by one goal, it will be half a half winner. And if they win by two goals or more, it will be a full winner. And I've got a feeling there'll be definitely some people out there on Twitter who will be gunning for me to lose this bet because I had a bit of a... Uh, last last week, I tweeted something out about how I thought Marseille getting knocked out by Panathinaikos was quite an embarrassing result for OM, which I thought was fair comment, really. Hmm. It is. Um, but it seems there's a few Greeks out there, maybe they're very well-supported side, who believe I was underestimating Panathinaikos. Um, you know, well-managed, tactically astute, and not much difference between the two teams. I completely disagree. I mean, watch that second leg. I thought Marseille battered them, really. Um, expected goals of 3.5. Um, and it took a last-minute penalty, a controversial penalty as well, along with two disallowed Marseille goals to basically take it to extra time. And then Parfenaikos won on uh, penalties. I really think normally Marseille would win that second leg comfortably three or even four nil um, on most occasions. And let's not forget the first leg in Greece. Marseille also hand-gift them a red card with about 30 minutes left, and that completely changed the game. So I I don't want to disrespect Panathinaikos. I don't want to disrespect the Greek League. They're going to come for you again, Steve, but go on, continue. Yeah, yeah. The Greek (laughs) League is improving. But from what I saw with Panathinaikos, I think they're not at the same level of, say, you know, these teams like Marseille and Braga. Now, I actually think Braga, if it was Marseille, would I'd make them the favourites to go uh, through against them as well. I think Braga are a very good side. Um, they've got a lot of goals in them, as they showed in the last round. OK, it was a very soft matchup, like you said. But they've backed it up with a 4-1 uh, 
sorry, a four-two win against Chavez in the Portuguese league, and um, you know they've got guys like Ricardo Horta. You know his quality on the ball. Simon Banza has been going very well there. I think they are a very, very good technical side, and I would be shocked if they don't take a, a, an advantage with them to Greece. And they'll know they need to take an advantage there because it is a tough place to go. So I think at very worst, Braga get themselves. Um, a one-goal win, but I'm expecting them to win with a little bit to spare, to be honest. I actually looked at the team total over two and a half goals at plus 310, if you're after a bit more, a bit of pizza money on that or something, um, because I really think they're in great form to start the season off with. I believe they're facing a team who uh, there is, for me, a golfing class. So, yeah, I really hope I, really hope, uh, I get this one right, Dan, because the um, the knives will be out for me. Well, even, uh, if, you get it, but... even if you get it right, they're going to come for you. Mm. <laughs> I know, you know, I know, but that's the nature of the beast. You're, you're, you know? you're back against the Greeks, just you know. I know. Beware. I know. Yeah. I don't think they're a good side. I, I saw them beat Nipro on. Um, they played in Slovakia because Nipro can't play in Ukraine, obviously, and they were workmen. Like, I mean, Philip Juricic, you they signed from Sampdoria. He's a quality player, but Samp went down last season. That's. Can I let's not forget that? So you don't, when you say that, you don't think they're a good side. <laughs> no. you, can join my, you can join my boat. Oh, boy. <laughs> Come on, RJ. We need some backup here. Uh, um, Maccabi High for Young Boys is uh, the next that we're going to talk about. Um, and RJ's got a selection for us here. Maccabi High for plus 123. Young Boys, look, they're, they're plus 185. The draw plus 270. This is Young Boys' first. European game, which means they come in because they've got a better coefficient, I presume, than others. So they just come in at a playoff round. Um, I don't know if that makes any difference at all, RJ, because, you know, we've seen teams, you know, start at the first qualifying round and just build up. If, if nothing else, it's just the rhythm of traveling across the continent and just getting into that midweek weekend, midweek weekend situation that you've got to have. I, I mean, would it make any sort of difference to, to tip this in Maccabi Hive yourself? I know you've not gone on the money line here, but it's just an interesting aside that young boys are, uh, are playing their first European game. Yeah, the distance that they travel obviously has a lot to, to do with, I think, the lines, especially uh, Israel to Switzerland. I'm not sure. I didn't do the, the distance calculation, but I know it's not very close. No, it's not a train journey. And, and certainly... Maccabi Haifa at this point, I mean, you look at their home matches, they're, they're just, they put up two, three, four goals against pretty strong sides, but they very, very weak defensively. Um, they secured a spot against Hamron of Malta, uh, the Spartans, as they call them, uh, Sheriff Teraspol from Moldova and Slovan Bratislava from Slovakia to get here. And, you know, you look at the, the results. They they very rarely keep a clean sheet, you know. Even against these strong, these weak sides like like Hamron of Malta, they're decent domestically, but they're really not a great side. They're full of, you know, no offense, but you know, upper thirty, younger younger forty Brazilian uh, talent that you know played in in Serie B and now are, are playing in Malta. So, I mean, the fact that they're able to concede consistently against some of these weak sides was was why I targeted this play essentially. Young boys are unbeaten up until this point. They've only had um, four games domestically. They they won two. They drew two. Uh, they had a cup win over the weekend. Uh, they won five nil against a very lower uh, lower division Swedish team, uh, a Swiss team. Um, and this just simply looks to be an all action affair, right? Um, as I stated, over their last twenty five matches, uh, matches Maccabi Haifa have kept a clean sheet in just twenty percent of those. So one out of five, they've kept a clean sheet. And against, as I stated, much weaker opponents, 
Young boys have not failed to score on the road and, and they have kept a clean sheet in just 29% of their last 25 road matches. Um, they're just, you know, at 2.5 goals here at minus 129. Uh, one, this is another match I really don't want to overthink. I, I think both these sides, in a way, look at this. If, if young boys don't put up a goal, right, they, they go back home, they're feeling pretty good about this. But I, I think the, the home side... Um, Maccabi Haifa know that they need to to put up some goals because when they travel, number one, the distance has a lot to do with it. And then, you know, this this young boy side at home is, is very dominant. So it opens up it opens up the match, in my opinion, to a to an action, action packed game. And and hopefully we see a couple goals in the first half here. I'm sure there's a gag somewhere. It's been done a million times about young boys in clean sheets, but this is a professional show, so we won't go there. One more selection. Uh, and it comes from Steve, nodding like you've both done it before. Shut up, Dan, move on. Um, <laughs> Mulder against Galatasaray. Uh, this is Wednesday as well. Uh, you, you mentioned Mulder against Classic earlier on in the show. I, mm. I, I thought that the first 10 or 15 minutes I watched the game, Mulder were, were brilliant. And yep. then they just got the, got the first goal. They stepped back. And then from there on in... I. I, I just thought, you know, they, they, I don't want to say they struggled, but they weren't, weren't necessarily in control of the game here. I, I'd say Galatasaray, for me, and thankfully I'm not putting my uh, tipping record on the line, you two are, I think at plus 138 are probably a bet. Mulder, plus 190. How do you see it, Steve? Well, first, I just want to say, I think that is a really good bet from RJ in the Maccabi Haifa match. That was, that was going to be my third pick over 2.5 in that. I was going to, add another unit to it, but I didn't want to double stake uh, on this show. I thought we'd go something different here. And this is what I call a feel bet. I'm going over 2.75 goals at plus 100. And I say feel bet because I think there'll be quite a lot of people watching, maybe even you two here, um, rack, scratching your head a little bit because you look at the stats, the, res well, the results of, of these two teams in the build-up. And it might not be um, a strong advocate for overs. Because I think you mentioned on the uh, the itinerary sheet we've got here, you know, Galatasaray do have a lot of clean sheets. But I am the sort of better, I combine quite a lot of different things. I'm not predominantly stats-based. I'm not predominantly model-based. I combine quite a lot of sort of football knowledge that I've got, tactics and sort of situations, the mental side of the game. And I believe that this match will be a shootout. I think there's... It's got the ingredients to be um, an end-to-end -end sort of contest. If the ingredients are combined, sort of stirred in the pot properly and baked at the right temperature, we could get a really good outcome. And, you know, Mulder, it's interesting. In all four matches they've played in the Champions League this season, they've been a heavy favourite. Minus 147, minus 500, minus 141. Minus 435. In fact, all season, domestically as well included, they have only been an underdog in two, in, sorry, in three matches, which is remarkable. Um, they're not used to being an underdog, and I think it's going to suit them really well, actually. The last time they were an underdog, they drew against Buda Glimt up domestically, and it was a two-all draw. Most teams sit back against them. They don't really like that. Um, but Galatasaray won't. I think they'll come here and they'll be more on the front foot. They'll be expected to sort of make the running a little bit so Mulder can pick them off. Galatasaray's two away games in Europe. I've watched them both. Two-all draw against Zalgiris and then a 3-0 win against Ljubljana. 
looked good in both games, could have perhaps scored more goals. I think we can ignore the second legs at home because they're just controlling then the match situation. So mm. I think really the it's going to actually suit both teams a little bit because I don't think either is going to be particularly on the back foot. It could be quite a balanced game. There'll be times when one team's pushing forward, but then the other can catch them out on the break and vice versa. Over the two legs, I agree with you, Dan. I think it's it's quite it's fairly difficult to make a case for Molder. Um, I'd love to see them go through. I'm a Norwegian football fan, and um, it'd be great to see one of their teams in the group stage. But um, it's a tough ask for them, and I think for that reason as well, they they know they're going to probably have to go for it in the first leg. Going to Turkey to turn around a deficit or getting a draw is going to be really hard. So again. They, I think they might feel they have to push more. They should get more chances. So I like the goals over 2.75. It is quite a bit of a feel bet. There'll be quite a few watching, like I say, who'll be looking at the stats and thinking that looks more like an under to me. But um, I'm, I'm looking outside the box here, the footballing aspect reasons and liking the goals. I like the ingredients. I like the man versus food versus goals, and it's goals yeah. that will win. Hopefully, <laughs> I was going to say Steve, Steve the Baker. There, we uh, <laughs> we got some temperature. We got a card. Yeah. I, it almost do. I like your I like your analogy, Steve. I I, I was thinking of, of of who did Steve remind you? It was almost like the Rain Man, where you just went and you just started <laughs> just spewing off uh, your your instincts there. I like that because you know what? Sometimes that's the way it plays out, especially at this I'm, competition. And, the thing is, and, RJ. I know you you are quite a big stats man. I mean, I know someone mm. like you might look at this game and probably you'd be like, you wouldn't be maybe taking the under, but you'd be looking and thinking, probably just avoid that game. You're right. Am I yeah. right in saying, yeah? Fair. I mean, it's fair. There's there's a few matches like that match I looked at and I, I didn't really dive into it too deeply, right? But, I mean, you look at the form, they got uh, um, a Cardi. Galatasaray has a Cardi, right? He put two goals in um, over the weekend, and um, they certainly have the the, the goal scoring talent. Both sides do, and and Molde, let's face it, after after the leg one against uh, Klaxvik, uh, they're not going to take this first leg lightly. I don't think, right? They're going to have that in the back of their mm-hmm. minds. They know they're going to have to show up, um, and and against the obviously a, a you know a much stronger side here. So I I like I like your thoughts, and I can see it happening. Yeah, I think there that's a good point about Mulder, suspension. Certainly. I just need to talk. Lucas Torreira is suspended for Galatasaray. Um, big player for them last season. He actually missed the first two qualifying matches anyway. Former Arsenal man, defensive mm. midfielder. That, again, that should help mm. goals in this game for Mulder. Uh, so interesting thoughts there on the Mulder game. Uh, we like over 2.7 pint goal, uh, 2.75 goals uh, on the Asian goal line at uh, even money that is steve's selection we've covered five of the six um uh, rj just remind us of your two picks and then we'll, we'll get the best of the two what's what's your two picks for the champions league qualifiers yeah first match rekov versus fc copenhagen both teams to score at minus 122 and the second match is maccabi haifa versus young boys over 2.5 goals at minus 129 steve your three yeah, so Rangers against PSV Eindhoven over 2.75 goals at minus 114. Um, Mulder against Galatasaray, the same bet over 2.75 goals at plus 100. And then Braga against Panathinaikos. Braga on the minus 0.75 Asian handicap at minus 108. Best bets, RJ. Best bet of the week. Maccabi Haifa versus Young Boys over 2.5. That'll be my best bet. Yeah, I like that one, Steve. Braga. Braga minus 0.75. Mm. Definitely. 
Okay, well, the the Greeks are coming for you, Steve. I think I think RJ, you you somehow managed to offend the Maltese as well. So you've got trouble. You've got you've got trouble. We're gonna trouble our way. <laughs> you've got trouble coming. <laughs> Dan, there's a reason I avoided the AEK Athens match this week as well. By the way. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, look, well, we went 0-6, um, all of us, uh, last week on the show. We are confident we will get you back into profit over the course of this week, or at least and this week, uh, with plus money in the bag. Uh, that wraps it up uh, for Betting Weekly Extra Time Champions League edition. A reminder, three games on Tuesday, three games on Wednesday. They're all 3 p.m. Eastern. Plenty of markets on the Bet Rivers website uh, and the app. And of course, in play when the games kick off. That is your lot from myself, Dan Robert. Many thanks to Steve and RJ from all of us. It is goodbye. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider.